Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, today I want to talk about how Christ Jesus reigns supreme over all. Amen. And we are made holy by the blood of Jesus Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. So let us just jump right on into it today, shall we? Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, I always want you to know that I love you. And we who truly love you want you to be our King, our Lord, And our God, Father, no doubt about it, Christ is supreme. You said over here in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created And is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So, he is first in everything. Amen. For God in all his fullness was pleased 
to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Amen. Father, this is so awesome. Christ is supreme over everything. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson bring you glory. And I ask for for wisdom to, to be able to convey to your people that we must turn from sin and not go back to it. And I pray that the unrepentant come to their senses and stop sinning. May they repent and turn back to you. And Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit move on me. Give me insight. Give me clarification of your word. Allow me to see the deep things in your word. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Y'all know what? I truly love how the book of Colossians starts off, especially in verses 11 to 14, where it says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Amen. Look, verse 13, and I love this. For he has rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and transformed and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom, freedom. That's the word that we are going to focus on today. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look, who purchased our freedom and and forgave our sins? Amen. Because, folks, okay, for if you truly believe that Christ has forgiven you of your sins, you will live differently. For <laughs> I'm telling you, you will have changed lives when you meet the real Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you know that sin has absolutely no control over you any longer. And that's the bottom line. Because Verse 14 just told us Christ Jesus paid a huge price by laying down his life for us, right? And in 
so doing, he, he purchased our freedom. Our freedom from whom? From the kingdom of darkness. We were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And on top of all of that, he forgave us of our sins. Our, our past sins have been forgiven. So, we live lives like that's a fact in your life now that you have been born again. Amen. Because, folks, you must live holy and godly lives now that you are born again. I implore you today, turn from any sin that you have going on in your life, especially if you are born again. Listen, no longer do we do the things we once did. When we were out there in the world, the lying, the stealing, and cutting up, the fornicating, committing adultery, smoking and doing and doing drugs, okay, drinking like a drunkard, being a, a, a whoremonger, and playing the harlot, not knowing how to cover up this body, being unforgiving, jealous, envious, gossips, angry and bitter, just being mean-spirited and sully. We were we were covetous and greedy. Listen, you you name it. Just just as worldly and carnal we can be. Nah, we put all of that away. We stop it and act like Jesus died for us. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, if you are new to the podcast, <laughs> don't be shocked. Okay, don't be shocked by this tone. It's just that when you get the memo, just how close you came to hell's fire and you meet the real Jesus, where all you want to do is talk about repentance and living holy and loving God by doing his commandments because all of this lip serve all of this lip service we give to God on a daily basis you can just chuck that right on out the window okay and so we live lives like we believe that Jesus abolished abolished sin control over us on the cross amen and and for the unrepentant sinner, you must be born again. You must repent and believe that the kingdom of God is near because God has told us in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he also told us in Revelation 20, what is this? Uh, verse 14. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm going to take it up to verse 13 just for you. And 
<clears throat> and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. So, unrepentant sinner who who believes that you are just a good person and you don't deserve hell, okay, well, you will die in your sins if you don't repent. And what is this? Let's go back up to verse 10 because I want to I want to inform you of something about the books of your life. Everything you have you have ever done is being recorded in heaven. And so, if you if you die in your sins, if you don't repent, and if you and if you reject Christ Jesus and you don't come to him in faith believing that he can save you from your sins then you will die in your sins and go to hell as you await the great white throne judgment of Revelation 20 now I I just read y'all verse 14 to 15 but if you look at verse 10 and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. My friends, that will be Jesus the one that you rejected, uh-huh, he will be here ready to judge and sentence you. So look, look what it says. It says, mm-hmm, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Yeah, and they were judged every man according to their works. And just like I said, verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. And listen, if you have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, here it is. 
Christ Jesus died on the cross for your sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead, according to the scriptures. Let me assure you, Christ Jesus is very much alive today. He is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And from that highly exalted place, he is awaiting to make his enemies his footstool. Amen. And so, that is why you must repent and turn from your sins. Folks, we have to understand that Jesus came to do the will of God by offering up his body as a sacrifice for our sins. Amen. And so this is why it's like I have this I have this burden in my heart. It's like all I want to do is is warn people. Warn Warn them of the wrath of God to come because unless you repent, unless you have your sins um, forgiven through Christ Jesus by his shed blood, you will have the wrath of God coming down on your very soul when you die. So all I want to do on this podcast is to, to scream allowed and spare not so if you are new to this podcast to the glory of God by the work and power of the Holy Spirit that is all I'm doing on this podcast I have not been commissioned by Jesus to stroke anyone's ego I'm not here to cherry pick the scriptures. I'm not here to water down the gospel. I'm not here to massage and and tickle your ear. No, I'm not doing all of that. Time is of the essence. You must repent. You must turn from your sins and turn to God. And so... The body of Christ. You know full well we ain't got no business going back to the vomit. Oh, absolutely not. Because like I was saying, Jesus came to do the will of God by offering up his body as a sacrifice for our sins. It is impossible for the blood of uh, the blood of bulls and and goats to take away sins that's what they did under the old covenant through those 613 laws of Moses but all what them animal sacrifices were doing was pointing the way to Jesus the once and for all sacrifice. Jesus was the last lamb to be slain for all time. And God accepted his sacrifice. Amen. Therefore, 
through the shed blood of Jesus, we can have forgiveness of our past sins if we repent and come to him in faith for remission of those sins. So, when he died on the cross, Jesus abolished sin's control and domination over us. Listen, Jesus Jesus was perfect and sin not while he walked this earth in the body of a man. Jesus was fully man and fully God. Listen, sin don't have a say unless you give it a say. Yeah, because look, Paul tell Paul tells us in Romans 6 that sin's power is broken. It's broken, folks. No, you don't have to sin. Yeah, we could sin if we wanted to, but the gift of repentance that God gives us is that yeah, we could sin, but we don't want to. It's like this ability that you have that you don't even want to sin. That that wanting to sin, it doesn't reside in you anymore. It doesn't. Because if you have truly met the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible. And I ain't talking about that fake Jesus that the apostate church puts out. That how December 25th is his birthday and that how we get all dressed up to the nines for for Easter and we just celebrate all of these pagan holidays and we and we just idolize everything but the real Jesus. Cause you see, the fake Jesus tells you that no matter what you do, don't worry, I got you. You are still going to go to heaven because you profess me, right? And you believe in me. Don't worry about your sins. I got you. You can't out my good grace on you. No, that's the fake Jesus. Don't listen to that. Oh, absolutely not. Because we're going we're gonna to read Hebrews 10. Because in Hebrews 10 is going to put that damnable, once saved, always saved, false doctrine into bed. So folks, listen. Paul tells us over here in Romans 6 that, that sin power is broken. Look what he says over here starting in verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Question mark. Of course not. Since we have died to sin. Uh, folks, listen. Before I go any further. You got to get this planted in your mind. I don't know how you're going to do it. But you got to do this. You must do this. You have to understand you don't have to sin. And I don't care what that lustful desire is, whatever it is that's telling you, you know, 
in that regenerated spirit of yours. You ain't supposed to be doing this. You ain't supposed to be thinking this way. You ain't supposed to be behaving this way. Okay? So, that is why we must meditate and study these scriptures. Turn off the TV. Turn off the news. Turn off those reality shows. Turn off all of that sexy turn up music. Put some clothes on and spend some time with the Holy Spirit studying these scriptures so that you don't be like the rest of the, and I say this with love, the peanut gallery talking about how, oh, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. After all, we we are only humans, so we we going to sin. No, you don't. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Now, we would believe that if it wasn't for Jesus, what he said over there in John, I think is what John 8, 11, when he told the woman, poor woman, who was dragged through the town and thrown at his feet, who was caught in the very act, because apparently somebody w- was watching it. Okay, caught in the very act of adultery. And he told her because he told those who came to condemn her that if any one of them, okay, have not sinned, cast the first stone. Ain't nobody could do it. They all walked away. And so Jesus asked her, okay, so where are your accusers? Because there was no one left, right? So then he says, you know what? I don't condemn you either. Go comma and sin no more so that tells us that it's doable otherwise jesus would not have told her that and he told the man that he healed who were who was crippled in his feet for like what like 38 years or so he told him the same thing too to go and sin no more so it's doable like i said okay Sin don't have a say unless you give it a say. So look, back to Romans 6. Look, right, verse 2, of course of course not. Because Paul was like, you know, so what? Um, should we just keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? And he was like, of course not. Right, since... We have died to sin. How can we continue to live in it? Question mark. We don't. So look, verse 3. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, By the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Amen. So can't you see what is going on here? Sin, power over you don't exist anymore. Sin's control over you went out the window. It was nailed to the cross. The real Jesus who died on a cross for your sins did away with the power 
and that that mastery that sin had over us our whole entire lives. But you must believe that because if you don't believe it, then you will continue to be in sin. My hand is raised because if you only profess Jesus, if you just only believe in Jesus, but you never turn from the sin, then you are going to have a problem in your life. You are in jeopardy like I was. You have, I don't even know if we were even on the right path to begin with, but we could have been, but because of these false teachers leading us astray and in all fairness, our own laziness, because all we wanted was to have our our ears tickled that we can somehow still be saved and be in sin and get to go to heaven. Yeah, we were deceived. So listen to this. Verse 5 of Romans 6 says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was we know okay we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives amen study this and write Holy Spirit that verse piggybacks on um, Galatians 2.20, where it says that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Christ Jesus. I no longer live because Christ Jesus lives in me and this life I live in the body, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. Listen, Jesus loves the one who remains in him, living by faith, repenting of their sins, not going back to the sin, but abiding as the branch. In him, he is the vine, the vine, and we are the branches. And he tells us, apart from him, we can do nothing. Absolutely not. So we want to maintain that, that right standing we now have with the Father because of Christ Jesus. We got to wake up and stop sinning and turn back to God and find out how we are to live lives that are pleasing to the Father and not to this stinking flesh anymore. No, absolutely stop it. So look, right, Holy Spirit. The reason why I, I'm so adamant about this is because I don't want to see anyone go to hell even my worst enemy, enemies, okay? Let's not be mistaken. Put that plural on it. I don't want to see anyone go to hell. I want to see the body of Christ 
uniting together, edifying one another, coming together without shame so that when our master returns, we won't be found wanting. We don't want to be like those five foolish virgins who didn't keep oil ready. And then when the bridegroom came, they out down at the Walmart trying to find some oil, standing in line all day and missed the bridegroom. Knocking on the door, ain't nobody opening up too late. You should have been ready. You should have been prepared. You shouldn't have been down at the club partying, drinking and smoking and just doing you. And then meanwhile, Jesus comes and you looking crazy. And he and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do good works? And Jesus is going to be like, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Listen, Jesus ain't playing either. I be telling y'all, God ain't playing with this lake of fire. And he ain't playing with the one who rejects his son. And he ain't playing with the child of God who who's trampling all over the blood of Jesus just as if it means nothing. Grieving the Holy Spirit because you want to keep sitting up under that false teacher talking about how, oh, you can't out God's wonderful grace. And, and all you have to do is just believe in Jesus and make sure you tithe because otherwise you are under God's curse, which is another false doctrine. They better stop it. They better repent. Otherwise, God will judge them. <sighs> Get me all. So look, right? Mm-hmm. So we were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7 of Romans 6. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we now, nope, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Amen. When he died, he died once. Okay. He died once to break the power of sin. It wasn't because he was in sin. No, he broke sin's power in our lives. So the life you live should be reflective of what your Lord and Savior has done for you. So you can say with full confidence, nope, I am not in willful, deliberate, practicing sin. No, I'm not. Because I have been truly born again. And I, I fully now understand this important truth. That Jesus, where it says here, 
Go back up here. Right in verse 10. When he died on that cross for our sins. Remember? Well, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you you also should what? Consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Listen, these scriptures cannot be clear enough. Sin do not have control, nor does it have power over you any longer. Why? Because Christ, when he died, he died once and he broke. Okay? He broke the power that sin had over you. Like I said, sin don't have a say unless you give it a say. Or you're just not simply reading these scriptures. You can't be. Because if you keep going to that apostate church, he ain't going to keep pointing this out to you. Nope. That fake pastor will do everything but read you Romans 6.10. Because he just wants to highlight how you can get in on Jesus' ticket to the good life through the cross. And that how he died, not so that sins, he didn't die so that you can still be in sin. Because if you listen to that fake preacher, he's going to tell you that, that Jesus died so that you can be blessed, so that you can have all the material wealth, your little heart's desire. He ain't going to tell you how how the fact that he died and he broke sin's control over you so that if you come up in there smelling like weed, cigarettes, dressing like a harlot. No, what he should be doing is rebuking you and telling you too that you need to act like Christ died for your sins and cover up that body. Put away the drugs. Stop sleeping with that married man. Come up out of these adulterous remarriages. That's what he should be telling y'all. He should be telling y'all to repent and stop it. Instead of just... Today's modern church is just like a pop concert. It's like a 20-minute watered-down uh, sermon. And then it's about an hour and 15 minutes of rock music. Under the guise of praise and worship mu music. Absolutely not. Listen. You must study to show yourselves approved and you must submit yourself to God. Resist the devil with all of his lies and, and, and temptations. You know, sometimes we can act like we are just so weak and feeble, but when it comes to sin, oh, we the big man on campus. We can do all the drugs better than anyone. We can, we, we can do the best sex. Y'all better stop it. 
and get on board with the gospel. Because let me tell you, don't let me go into the consequences of sin. And that how if you don't stop it, this lake of fire will be in your in your future. Let us not forget how the smoke of your torment will will rise day and night forever and ever. And there will be no relief for you. So stop it. Repent and turn back to God and, and, and thereafter walk in obedience. Listen, you got to take your salvation serious. You got to understand that it is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. What judgment? This great white throne judgment over here in Revelation 20, that if you don't stop it, your name will be blotted out. Yes, your name can be blotted out because Jesus told us. Okay, let's move on. Romans 6, 12 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Amen. Listen, <laughs> If I didn't have a whole lesson to get through, I would shut the mic off right now because that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Romans 6, 12 is the bottom line in all of our lives. It says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Listen, God is helping us out. He's helping his children out by telling us what not to do. Look, there's about three, three do nots. Look, the first one, do not let sin control the way you live. The second one, do not give into sinful desires. Here's the third one. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, look at this. Look at the love of the Father. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look at the love of God. Yes, he's a God of wrath, but look at his love right here. He's telling us what to do instead. Instead of letting sin control the way you live, instead of giving in to sinful desires, instead of letting any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin, he's saying, instead, give yourselves completely, not half-heartedly, not only on the day you decide to read the Bible and dust off the cover because it's covered with webs, Okay, completely instead give yourselves completely to God. Why? For you were dead, but now you have new life. Amen. So, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Listen. Verse 14, okay, Paul is about to hit us in the head again, okay? Sin is no longer your master, 
for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Amen. So, because if you let the one save, always save, tell it, they will end this, this verse right here. I bet they do. But no, we're going to go on to verse 15. Okay, look. So, right, because it says, instead, live your life. No, instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Right? Hmm. Verse 15. Well, then. Since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can we can go on sinning? Question mark. Of course not. The way I like to say it is absolutely not. So <laughs> y'all gotta understand I love Jesus and I love his people and I am totally on board with the recovery mission of the lost and screaming to the body of Christ that we must stop it and live lives of repentance there should be fruits of the spirit showing up in our lives if we truly believe in the real Jesus, yeah, he, when you meet the real Jesus, he will absolutely turn your life inside out for the glory of God. Amen. So, yeah, I'm a witness. So, right, look, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or... Or, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Amen. Now, verse 18, now you are free from Please get this. Please get this. So that we don't ever hear anyone in the body of Christ ever say again. Oh, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. Nope. Look, verse 18. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become Slaves to righteous living. Amen. So, yep. See, therefore, we are commanded to live holy. Listen. Listen to this exchange between Jesus and the Father over here in Hebrews 10. I love it. Look, it's all about Christ's sacrifice once for all. Folks, we are made holy by the blood of Jesus. Look, Hebrews 10, 1 through 39, bear with me, for I must read to you the whole thing because it debunks so many false doctrines such as how you must have to attend church fellowship. <laughs> you know, that whole, well, you must come to church because, you know, 
Like the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of one another. Just taking that verse all out of context. Because, in fact, it tells us in its proper context, context why we should be meeting up in the first place and trust me it ain't got nothing to do with you showing up to put your ducats in the buckets because that's the real reason why these apostate church leaders want you to not forsake the assembling of yourselves because if you don't show up with that money they ain't getting paid and and also Hebrews 10 debunks that that damnable once saved always saved so look listen the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow a dim preview of the good things to come not the good things themselves the sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again year after year but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year for it is not possible for the blood for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins that is why when Christ came into the world he said to God and I love this I love any time where we see Jesus speaking directly to the father listen he said to God you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were, you were not pleased with burnt offerings or, or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scriptures. Verse 8. First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or, or burnt offerings or, or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the, listen, he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once for all time. Amen. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But, verse 12, our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. 
Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There, there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Verse 14. And this is where that damnable once saved, always saved doctrine needs to be thrown off the roof somewhere. Because look, okay, another thing, that whole title, once, once saved, always saved, is a misnomer. We are not saved and we put a period there. No, we, we are being saved. And scriptures like these debunks that, that foolish notion that we are, we are just saved and we can still be in sin. Just sit back, kick back, and enjoy our best lives ever. And then when Jesus come, oh, don't worry about them sins that you were doing this whole time. Uh-uh, because his grace will allow you into heaven anyway. We better wake up, okay? Because we are deceived to think for one moment that we can continue in sin and still get to go to heaven. Well, if that's the case, then Jesus died that horrific, violent, bloody, brutal death for nothing. He laid aside his deity to come to this stinking, sin-sick, vile-laden of a world. Okay? He did all of that for nothing. If we can still be in sin and still get to go to heaven, you know that don't even make no kind of sense. So listen, verse 14. For by that one offering he made forever... No, no, let me read again. For by that one offering, he made forever made perfect those who are being. See, being means that something is progressing. It is still going on. It is still present, meaning that we are being. It says forever made perfect those who are being made perfect holy okay verse 15 of hebrews 10 and the holy spirit also testifies that this is so what so that we are being being made holy for he says this is the new covenant i will make with my people on that day says the lord i will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Amen. Folks, listen, this is a call to persevere. Amen. Look, verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and, and life-giving way through the curtain 
into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Verse 24, let us, okay, now, between verse 24, thank you, Holy Spirit, between verse 24 and verse 25 is going to tell us why we should not forsake the assembling of one another. It don't necessarily have to be in a brick and mortar building. The reason why you have these false teachers love to bash you in the head with these two verses is solely to count on your money through the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. Because if they can count on your church membership, because that's another false doctrine, then you can continue to build their pharaoh empires. Oh, yes, listen, let us not be mistaken. This money is not going to God, okay? Because all you got to do is look at the fruits in their lives. They are the ones who are driving the expensive luxury vehicles. They are the ones that are living in million-dollar mansions. They are the ones that are jet-setting all around the world under the guise of spreading the gospel. And I got big old air quotes around spreading the gospel. Nope. They are getting rich and they are getting paid. And don't believe the lie about how, oh no, we don't, we don't take a salary from the, um, the offerings. No, I'm a businessman. I sell books. I have real estate. I got business development deals. That's why I'm rich. And if you continue to tithe into this good soil, into this ministry, well, then guess what? God will bless you too. Folks, let us not be mistaken. Anybody that tells you that if you give God money and he will give give it back to you, Paul tells us to withdraw ourselves, okay? And the reason why they are also getting rich because just throw out what they say about, oh, we don't, we don't draw a salary off the tithes and offerings. That's a lie. Listen, you can't believe nothing out of their lying lips. Don't believe it. Not only that, but they make merchandise of you by selling you just like I bought them too. Okay. That's why I'm so mad about the whole thing, right? They make merchandise of us with all of their heretical, 
unscriptural and unbiblical books and CDs and DVDs and all of these registration fees to come to a special location to to hear the gospel. Folks, let me assure you, the gospel is free to hear. You don't have to pay right, Holy Spirit, because you told me this the other day. You don't have to pay anyone to hear the gospel. It is for free. Could you imagine Peter, Paul, Jesus, any of the disciples and, and apostles, could you imagine any one of them charging people to come to hear the gospel? Do that make any kind of sense? That is a red flag. Because all you got to do is take that expensive iPhone you got and download any Bible app you want to. And you can read the very words of Jesus for yourself for free. You ain't got to pay nobody, nothing to hear how Jesus died for your sins. And that he was buried. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. See, free. Did did I charge you, what is it, $299 to come hear me just to say that? And you know they ain't saying that, okay? They ain't going to tell you at that $299 per person retreat that you need to repent and turn from your sins. Otherwise, you go into a burning hell. Nope, you, you ain't going to hear that. At the at the two hundred ninety nine dollar um, per person retreat, no, they're gonna tell you, oh, as long as you continue to tie, God's gonna bless you. This is this is your year. Oh, you 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 are going to reach higher levels more than you ever have before. You gotta level up, boss up. This is your year. This is the year of blessings. Really. So you mean tell me that God is going to send me a million dollars too? Meanwhile, I'm still sleeping with Bob every night, even though he's a married man. And as we sleep together, we we uh watch porn and smoke weed and drink all kinds of alcohol all night. So you mean tell me that I can still get to go to heaven and God is still is still going to bring me a million dollars? You a liar. You a liar. Listen, I'm right back over here to Hebrews, and then I'm going to let y'all go. Listen, it says, right, getting back to that whole false doctrine of um, assembling, no, not forsaking the assembling of one another. Verses 24 and 25 is going to tell us the purpose for us that we that we should not forsake the assembling of one another. Why? It sure ain't going to be to make sure you keep that pastor in his lavish lifestyle. Look, it says, let us think of ways. Okay, because this is why we come in together. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, now that the day of his return is drawing near. Amen. That's the reason 
we we should not forsake the assembling of one another so that we could encourage one another. If we need to righteously rebuke one another about the sin that's in um, our lives, it's so that we could we could keep each other accountable so that we don't go back to sin. So if it's down at the church, okay. If it's in the parking lot, okay. If it's at the grocery store, okay. If it's in someone's house, okay. No matter where we meet up at, the reason why we doing that anyway is to keep each other on the right path so that if we see a brother or sister that is in sin, we can come to them in love, in brotherly love and be like, sis, uh-uh, you got to stop doing that. Don't you know scripture thus and so says this and that how we can get our names blotted out no, sis, you got to put away the sin. Brother, come on now. You got to stop all that stealing and being covetous and greedy. No, no, no. Brother, listen. And then you, and then we love on one another and we exhort one another. We, we encourage each other. So the reason why we should not forsake the, the meeting up with one another so that we don't all go back to sin. Amen. Right, Holy Spirit, just like with the podcast. We are assembling together via audio and to the glory of God by his wonderful grace that I'm exhorting you today not to go back to your sin. Not that not now that you are born again and to remind all of us sin no longer has mastery over us. No, we got the gift of repentance. We got Jesus' precious blood that washed away our sins. He died for us so that God's wrath will not be upon us any longer. We now have right standing with the Father. So we must live lives of repentance. That's why we shouldn't forsake the assembling of one another. So if it has to be through audio or, or video or face-to-face, one-on-one, whatever. But we encourage one another not to go back to sin. That's why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. It is not to meet up down at the fake church to continue to give that pastor that so-called pastor, yet again, 10% of your hard-earned money. And for what? Oh, oh, right. So that God's curse won't be upon your life. Listen, check the podcast. I have done a few episodes on whether or not the, the 21st century Christ follower has to tithe. Paul tells us that we give cheerfully without compulsion that means that we don't have to give a set required amount in order so that God could give it back to us so that we don't be under his curse and they will put the fear of God in you that if you don't bring God his money then you are robbing God 
you you are robbing him of his tithes and offering because they love to drag out poor Malachi 3.10 as if God was talking to us. He wasn't even talking to ancient Israel. He was talking to the corrupt priests. They were the one who were uh, bringing in these sick and lame and, and blind and blemished animals to be sacrificed rather than good animals to be sacrificed. They were the ones who were robbing God of the tithes and the offerings. And besides all that, it was never about money in the first place. Don't get me started with that because that's just sickening. It's sickening and only a depraved mind that comes from the other camp, Satan's camp, would tell you, you who have been born again, that you are under God's grace. If you don't bring some money to the church, what about the sin I'm in? Aren't you going to tell me that if I don't stop it, I'm going to hell? But if I, <laughs> if I don't bring money into the church, oh, that's the worst thing that I can do. Meanwhile, I'm still smoking a blunt in the parking lot before I come in. Aren't you going to tell me about that? Aren't you going to tell me I need to put some clothes on because I'm walking up in here with this tight booty skirt on and breasts just hanging all out? Aren't you going to tell me to cover up my body? No, you ain't going to do that. You want to make sure I bring that money in. <sighs> they ain't nothing but pimps. Anyway, right back to some some sound doctrine over here so look verse 26 is telling us okay right because it would just it would just finish telling us why we need to not forsake the assembling of one another's to keep us out of sin to keep us accountable among the uh, brethren right because verse 26 Verse, see, this is how we know that it was talking about keeping one another accountable so we don't go back to sin because of verse 26. It says, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire. The raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think. Just think. How much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy. Amen. As if it were uncommon and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember, 
Remember how you were remained, no, remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant uh, terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Verse 35, so do not throw away this confident. See? See what I'm saying? So do not throw away. So, how could we ever have thought that once we are saved, we are always saved, that we can just sit back and, and enjoy this ride and that we can just throw away the confidence we have in Christ Jesus. We could sin up and down and all around as if he's not watching us. We can just do all of that. But no, it's telling us, it. Um, the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews is saying, so do not throw away this confident trust. You, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue continue it doesn't say oh well since you you are saved you you don't have to do anything else but just sit back enjoy the ride and wait for jesus to come while you're still in your sins now look it says so that you will continue to do god's will then okay <laughs> glory be to god listen this is why I love the word of God, because you can argue till you blue in the face with the one who wants to hold on to that one saved, always saved, because for them, it brings them a false sense of security that that they can have all the sin. Meanwhile, we over here who got the memo that God ain't playing with this lake of fire and we are actually living crucified lives by faith in Jesus, never forgetting what he did for us on the cross, never forgetting that that precious blood saved us from the wrath of God so that our sins have been forgiven. No, for them, oh, we are the ones who are judging. We, we, we are the ones that just being so mean. Why you always got to be yelling and screaming and telling people to repent? Because I don't want no one to go to a burning hell. That's why. Look, it says, then you will receive all that he has promised. Then you will receive. Not that, oh, you have already received it. So just sit back, kick back and enjoy your best life ever. No, it's telling us to endure patiently submitting ourselves to God, submitting ourselves to one another so we can check each other if we acting foolishly going back to the vomit. That is why we meet up together. That is why we continue. That's why we are being saved. Listen, it says then and only then 
will you receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. Amen. So that's it. Now, you know how they say either go hard or go on home. Yeah, go hard for Jesus or just go on home. Just go on back to sin because no one can tell you nothing. People are telling you left and right. What you're doing is a sin. Put that weed down. Don't give me no more excuses about how oh, it come from the earth. God made everything good. Yeah, and he also cursed the ground that that weed plant came up out of. So listen. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my my righteous ones, okay? So, my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure. At, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Folks, like I was telling y'all before, it was Gandhi. It was Gandhi, not God, who said how God loves the sinner but hates the sin. God did not say that. Look at one one of the many verses he tells us how, oh, he hates the ones who sins and loves violence. Yeah, he says, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Meaning they were apparently on the right path, but then they turned away. Following behind the once saved, always saved crowd. Because Second Peter 2 tells us down near in verse 20 to verse 22, how that if you, because sitting up under these false teachers, that how if you get entangled, if you get tangled up, and enslaved by sin again, that you will be worse off than before. And it says that it would be better if you had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command that you were given to live a holy life. Well, then you prove the proverb how a dog returns back to its vomit. And another proverb that says a washed pig goes back to the mud. You prove that proverb to be true when you who knew the way to righteousness, but you got yourself entangled up and enslaved by sin when Jesus, when Jesus already has set you free from sin's power. But then here you go, right back out there in the world, following behind these false teachers. And let us not be mistaken. God has told us that if we don't come out from under and amongst these false teachers, well, guess what? We too shall share in their punishment. All you got to do is check out Ezekiel 14.10 that we will share in the punishment of these false prophets. Come on now. We got to wake up. Listen. This is the close. Yep. This is the, the, the super close. I, I know I'm over time. So I'm not, I'm not even going to check the clock. 
listen, right? How God takes no, he says, I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. Yeah, we we ain't following y'all. Oh, oh, let us not be mistaken because you're not listening. You ain't listening to Jesus. You ain't listening to the father. You ain't listening to sound counsel coming from your fellow brethren. Okay, well, then God ain't going to take no pleasure in you who turn away from him. But we ain't like y'all. But we are not like the ones, like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved will be not that we sitting back talking about oh yeah once we are saved we are always saved folks we ain't safe yet but if we remain faithful if we continue to abide in Christ Jesus, not turning from the Father, not turning from Him, not grieving the Holy Spirit, not trampling over God's Son's blood as if it's something common and, and unholy, as if we don't appreciate all what He has done for us. No, we are the faithful ones, right, Holy Spirit? That is why I always open up the podcast about how we remain faithful to Jesus and that how we never give up. I always, I always exhort us to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. I get that from somewhere. (laughs) Okay, I get it from the word of God. That's the memo that we must remain faithful. So listen, right, right? We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Amen. So see, when we remain faithful to God, we who are faithful will be the one whose souls will be saved. So that just throws that once saved, always saved, damnable, hot mess out the window. Because never let us forget, and I promise y'all can go after this. I'm done. Look, let us never forget what Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24, starting at verse 9. Then you will be arrested persecuted and killed you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other see all of this apostasy the great apostasy the great falling away God just finished telling us over here in Hebrews 10 that he takes no pleasure in the one who turns away from him. And now we got the son of the living God telling us here in Matthew 24, 10, how many, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear. And will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. 
people will be turning from God, turning from Jesus. That love, their love they once had for the Father and for His Son, it's going to grow cold. It went from fire hot to now growing cold. Why? Because sin is running rampant. So, it says, right, how the love of many will grow cold. But verse 13, and here's the key takeaway for your life. Okay? Because you ain't going to live forever. Hebrews 9.27 already told us, right? Jesus says, Jesus, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Not the one who's sitting back talking about, well, you know what? I'm still going, I'm still going to heaven. I believe in Jesus, but I still love to smoke this blunt every morning. And and don't worry about Bob. He's leaving his wife and then we can be together forever. You so deceived that you need to repent. And you need to wake up. Jesus said the one who endures to the end. Even while all of that what he just previously said is going on. But the one who endures all the persecutions, all of the temptations, the fact that sin is running rampant and people are betraying one another. Christians are betraying one another. Their love for God and the and, and Jesus is just flickering to next to nothing. It went from hot to cold. Okay. But the one who endures to the end, that man shall be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Because let us not forget Colossians 1, 21 to 23 says, You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now... He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Folks, that was verse 22. The next verse, 23, is about... If the other previous scriptures didn't put that one saved, always saved, damnable heresy to bed, verse 24 does it all. Look at this. Listen, don't let, and I mean don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And that's Colossians 2.8, the New Living Translation. But look, verse 23, right? Look, says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it 
Amen. Glory be to God. Good night, Irene. Amen. And just like all of us who are born again, when Jesus told us to go out into all the world and spread and preach the gospel, well, that is what we're supposed to do. So just like Paul says that he has been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it, well, we too proclaim the gospel to the lost and to remind the born again believer that you must put away the sin and stop it. Amen. Amen. Father, who in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for your word today. Let you be true in every man a liar. Father, we take your word so seriously. This is how we live our lives. We believe this word. Every jot and tittle of it. And the parts that we don't understand, we believe by faith that the Holy Spirit will make it clear to us. And if we don't ever find out about it on this side of glory, Jesus will make it make it known to us when he comes back for us. So, Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. May it change our lives so that we Whatever we do, whether it be in word, in, in deed, in thought, in actions, whatever we do, may it please you. Father, thank you. We are so grateful that you sent Jesus to die for our sins. And that sin no longer has mastery over, <clears throat> over, uh-oh, <clears throat> excuse me, over your chosen people. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, let me go. I think I done overworked my throat. So repent and believe that Jesus died for your sins. Like the Bible tells us bad. <clears throat> I got to go bad, <clears throat> bad company corrupts good morals come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning amen amen all right folks i got i gotta go my throat lord willing until next time i shall be speaking to you all soon bye for now thank you guys for tuning in I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.